0: I believe that the world is a magic place and I declare good hearts linger everywhere. I'm Corinne Givens and I'm delighted to share my podcast with you, 10 Reasons Why Singing is Freedom. Welcome Cara Granger. Hi there. It is wonderful to be here
1: and uh, we're sitting out for the Listeners at home were sitting out on this wonderful headland at Tathra Bay uh, in this beautiful space and uh, just reminiscing over old times of which we've had many, many,
0: for many, many years and it's we've had so many exciting moments. I remember this one time when you and I were in Singapore and I introduced you to Danny Leong.
1: Yeah, that's right and uh you actually introduced me to Danny who was part of a the Blues Association there in Singapore. Mm. And how uh, we got on fantastically and he loved my music and so he decided to put me on as part of his festival. Mm. And was it the uh, it was the Rhythm and Roots, a Roots Festival there in Singapore. Yep, Blues and but, Roots. Blues and Roots Festival Singapore. Oh. Right. So what was incredible I think that is one of the <laughs> still one of those moments that I can't believe I had that opportunity and I (laughs) also can't believe that I was where I was. I was on a bill with six of my other favourite all-time artists. There I was walking around backstage and, you know, probably someone that wasn't that well-known in Singapore, I'm going to go out on a limb. That Mm -hmm. would be me. (laughs) (laughs) And also on the bill that day was Bonnie Raitt, Jimmy Cliff, Paul Simon, Tadeshi Trucks Band. And Robert Plant. And Robert Plant and his, you know, latest incarnation. And what an incredible Bill. And then there was me. It, <laughs> and was, it was like, like
0: <laughs>
1: what <laughs> was, am I doing here?
0: <laughs> I think you were ac- exactly where you belonged, actually. <laughs> and it was such a great concert. And. Wow. Yeah, a really great experience to be there and enjoying the whole show and just feeling into the lovely energy that is the beautiful Singapore and the great audience and the incredible, you know, night that it was. It know. was a
1: great energy. It was, uh, as you say, weather was great. And it was between 5 o'clock and 10 o'clock at night. It was perfect timing. It was lovely looking up out on the hill. It was, a, it was a beautiful venue too, I remember. I don't know what that place was we played at. but It was Fort Canning,
0: I think. Fort Canning. Yeah, I'm right. pretty sure it was Fort
1: Canning. Gorgeous. It was stunning. And uh, you introduced me to Danny and made that all happen. So thank you so much for oh, doing that.
0: You're, oh, you're welcome. I like it when, you know, you trust your intuition and, and it just all comes together. But it's a very easy thing to do. And I think, you know, it's really inspiring when you're on any bill and performing to any audience. But I think when you're in part of a, a crowd that you know would have been so excited to see Bonnie and Jimmy and Paul and the Tedeschi trucks yeah. and Robert Plant and they got to experience you and you have that, beautiful band with you that were everyone was just sort of you know right into it and it was it was you know one of my favorite shows that i've seen you do i've been very very lucky and all the incredible musicians
1: i've played with around the world Mm. i've got to say i have been incredibly lucky and it's always so varied from playing with that with um that ended up being it was danny's band Mm. you know and these great singapore musicians that you know we met a week before the gig and there we are on stage together having a wonderful time. Yeah. Um, I remember I played another festival in Indonesia as well and I was part of an all-women all, uh, blues review. Mm. These amazing, incredible, incredible players and lovely, lovely women from Indonesia, from Jakarta as well. That was fantastic. And then, yeah. I mean, I mean, I could go on, but around the world, I, have, I was thinking about that recently and I've got to play in so many varied situations with so many different types of people mm. from all walks of life and uh, I continue to do that and I'm so thankful and so lucky to be able to do that.
0: I think it's, uh, it feels like a real privilege to be able to um, have those cultural experiences that yeah. are just so enlivening to the mm-hmm. spirit. And I think that's, you know, something that people are kind of finding difficult um, at this point in time, obviously, with the limited amount of travel that any of us can do.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I I feel there's a deeper, I know for myself, a deeper sense of gratitude for having have had all those experiences. And I know there are more in, in the future. But I remember coming to a concert that you did in Bali too where I flew over from Singapore. Oh, that's right. That was in Bali. And yeah. that was great. And I have to say that that particular uh, show, you, I think Gary Clark Jr., it was early yeah, days for him. Yeah, I recommended him for the gig. Oh, there you go. <laughs>
1: Fantastic. Yeah, he. I was playing around at the time. I was doing lots of gigs in Austin, Texas, mm. and the organisers for the Indonesia Festival found me and, you know, asked me to come over and play. And I think the following year, I did it several years in a row. Mm. And one of the gigs was out in Bali at the Hard Rock Cafe as well. And then one year they were like, you know, who else do you know over there that's decent? I was oh, like, well, there's this guy. He's pretty good. You might want to check him out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he won, like, Best Guitar Player in Austin eight years in a row or something. And mm. And that was about, I would say, a year or two before he completely kind of catapulted. And in fame and, and uh, but I, um, I always knew he was, he's, was such an incredible talent. He was uh, undeniable.
0: There was no chance he wasn't end up where he was going to be. Well, I think it's always a wonderful thing when you see someone who Gary would have worked really hard, um, you know, in those all of those mm-hmm. different scenes but you, you kind of sense it when someone's ready to kind of share on a much bigger scale mm-hmm. and he really was amazing at that festival. I mean that was a great night. As were you. Thank you. Yeah, I really um, I love the way you sing, and and I think, you know, it's always an interesting journey. The inspirations that you have as a young a young singer, and who would you say were your major influences? Ah, uh, well, actually, when I was just starting to sing, I would sing a lot around the house
1: with my dad. My dad always sang around the house. He was never professional, but I think. The fact that he, I picked up on that as, as, you know, as you do as a little kid and you're a sponge and he would just sing out walking around the house. And I also recently realised, because I've been staying in Sydney for a couple of weeks, uh, how much he does it. Like I didn't, I I realised I'd just been kind of walking around the house and then I'd hear him certain random parts of the day just walking around singing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But... You know, and it, it's all varied stuff whatever. But so that was my first influence, probably listening to him. And then I started doing that. But then I just got into a lot of folkies and I looked up to a lot of female singer-songwriters and performers mm. as a little girl, as you do, like Janie Mitchell and Emily Harris and, you know, Maria Moldor, Linda Ronstadt, and people like that, which was basically my parents' record collection. <laughs> and then... uh then i my brother started going on a real blues music adventure and collecting old vinyl records and he brought mm. the blues into the House and the soul and uh Southern soul and blues and stuff and i, mm. I went deep into that too, so for several years, and there's those I mean Edda I mean, james and uh you know Ann Peebles mm. uh people that I absolutely loved and
0: uh Chuck Khan and Donny Hathaway. You know, I I could go on. Well, I think it's great when you you have people that influence you just even without, Mitch was obviously into blues and soul and he brought it home and then all Mm -hmm. of a sudden you've got this whole new realm that you're diving into. Yeah.
2: Because
0: I know my cousins did that for me. Uh, They were great guitar players. Um, I had a lot of family that I grew up with and two of my cousins were exceptional guitar players and they used to send me mixtapes. And the mixtapes were made up of um, Neil Young and James Taylor and a lot of Cold Chisel and a lot of great rock, Led Zeppelin, a whole pile of different music. And as a 13-year-old, I hadn't experienced, they were a little bit older than me, Mm -hmm. I hadn't experienced any of that music and then all of a sudden I'm getting, you know, all of these different influences because... I'd have to say that KISS played a big role in my <laughs> an ACDC in my oh, early days. Yeah. I went days. through an ACDC phase, mm. definitely. Yeah, I'm still going through it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I think it's um oh I asked this question actually of another guest. What what uh book did you read? Or what book can you name rather? And uh that You've read and it really altered you. Like It really influenced your way of thought in such a major way. Um, The Anatomy of the Spirit. Oh, wonderful. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I loved that
1: book, uh, which delves into a lot of different, uh, basically, many, many different subjects when it comes to trauma and uh, disease and Mm. different Things that are, prob- are possibly brought on by our life choices,
0: mm.
1: I suppose, and how a lot of ailments come from emotional trauma and or emotion- things that we're not necessarily dealing with from within mm. that represent themselves in ways, you know, in, in different ailments. Oh, it's a great and, book. But on. it was that was one part of the book, obviously. But there were mm. so many things that it so many lessons in that book in general for mm. living life. I loved it. Yeah. Interesting.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, and it was explained in layman's terms, which to me, which was great too. <laughs> I think so, and you know, I um, had the good fortune of having a job in a little esoteric bookshop when I first moved to Sydney. I was only twenty-two, mm-hmm. and that was the first book I read. Oh my god! <laughs> um, in <laughs> That's the book hilarious. in the bookshop. So how? <laughs> yeah. Wow! And it's so funny because I remember the the woman who um, ran the ran the shop. It was her business. Amanda Warrington, wonderful woman. And I remember she was playing quite a bit of esoteric music in the shop and selling that and and playing, you know, had all this incredible book collection and tarot reader. And so I landed in this little kind of... Funny um, haven that I'd never, you know, kind of experienced before. I hadn't actually been interested or had any interest in tarot or any of the esoteric books. And I'm, you know, quite young. I'm in my early twenties, and and I get into the shop, and and she wanted me to play some of the music that she was selling. And and back then there was a lot of Tibetan bells happening, and <laughs> and it was really. Lovely because I'd be reading the books, but the bells were, I found quite distracting. So <laughs> I would put on um, things uh, like um, Al Green and Aretha Franklin and and Bill Withers. Nice, and, yeah, oh, yeah, lots of old soul. You I know, mean, I, I went all through, all through that. Those are huge influences. Oh for yeah, me as well, all those people you mentioned. Huge for me. Yeah, I I remember when I first heard them. I went to the Al Green to church twice in Oh my goodness! Memphis. Yeah. Wow. Um, he's still t- he's still preaching
1: on the Sunday, and um, yeah, that was a little, that was on my bucket list, you know. And, and I'm I'm now living in Nashville; it's just down the road. But I uh, I kind of I went there, and I, it was I mean I've, I've got to be honest here that I did go purely for his music and the singing. Um. Sure, <laughs> but uh, yeah, God, he but he just has so much to give the world through his music. You know so many people have been greatly gosh just so many people have enjoyed his music and he's
0: he's wonderful wonderful soul oh i'm I'm a huge fan, mm-hmm. major fan, and he's got some pipes he's got some great pipes <laughs> he really does and you know if um yeah you were to say to uh, any young or you know anyone who's really interested in getting into singing. Not necessarily, you know, a young singer, any singer, someone who's really kind of yearning to find their voice. What would be through maybe a couple of things that you would say, Would uh, words of encouragement, um, ways to kind of find your own pathway to that? Because you've been doing some coaching a little bit here and there as well. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's something that you know you're kind of passionate about too—is the next generation and supporting the next generation. So I
1: am, and I'm becoming more and more, as you say, I'm even even more so in the last couple of years. I've been really enjoying um, passing on some of the things that I've
2: I've learnt. Mm. You know, uh,
1: but um, as a singer and my whatever it's been now, which is I've been been touring since I was 17,
2: mm.
1: and. Um, that was definitely over five years ago. <laughs> so, if, if there's, I would say I've had more than five years' experience. And, um, <laughs> anyway, not giving anything away. Um,
0: you know, I what three things? You want three things? A couple of just a couple of things. Whatever comes to mind, maybe.
1: Well, uh, I always tell uh, people that are uh, singers. It's interesting that it's it's a complete, very very obvious to a lot of people, but sometimes people need to be reminded of the obvious mm. and I I do like to say to s- stick with the story. When you're singing a song, you, it's very easy to get caught up in uh, am I in tune, what's the person doing in the front row, did I leave mm-hmm. the kettle on at home, oh, no, you know, two ex-boyfriends are here tonight in the audience, all these things. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Not from personal experience. I'm just, really? No. <laughs> However, if you kind of focus on the words that you're mm. singing, I often think you don't even need to think about phrasing because mm. it's just going to happen. If you're really in the moment focusing on those words, you're going you, to have give forth a more, way more genuine experience what, like, rather than wondering, you know, am I in tune this and that. Just sing the words, sing with, sing with feeling mm.
0: and tell the story. I, I couldn't agree more. I actually, mm. I love it when I hear a great storyteller. Mm-hmm. I really do. It is one of the my my deepest attractions to music and to singers is when I really believe the story they're telling. Mm-hmm. That's what really gets me.
1: Yeah, sometimes you can sing lyrics and, and it can mean it can mean a different thing to the audience, mm. to yourself as a singer or to many different people. But if you're genuine in what you, you're singing, mm. then... Uh, the audience is going to feel that too, and it's going to relay in the right way. The other thing is, I find I just I really feel singing for me is very relaxing. Mm. It, it's it's healing for me, mm. you know. <laughs> so I would say Heal- music's healing for the audience or for the listener, and it is. But it's interesting that every every time I sing, I definitely do take. I sing from my diaphragm. A lot of times I just really make sure that I'm enjoying If I'm not enjoying it, then the audience is not enjoying it. Mm. So that would probably be my number two. Sure.
0: (laughs) Well, I think, you know, we're all essentially vibration. And when you vibrate harmonically together and that's, Mm. you know, when your system is relaxed, it does actually really, it's a mirror for the audience sometimes, that shared experience, because you can feel the vibration. Yeah, yeah, you can.
1: You can. So, sing the lyrics. Uh, stay with the story. Get yourself into a place where you're enjoying it, and um, so the other the audience will enjoy it too. And if I had a, a number three, maybe I'd say, I don't know. You know, it's just be be yourself. It, it's nice to nice to be really inspired by other singers, of oh. course, and we all are, and, and music what I often do is if I find, like, an Ed James song or something, I'll dig into a couple of words, you know, that she's sung. Mm.
2: Like, At last my love has come on. lonely days
1: are over. So I take that bit or I take a tiny little chunk of that and then the rest of it I'm going to make my own. Mm. And, and then just sing what the lyrics mean to me, you know.
0: I think that's a really beautiful approach because you're paying homage to the artist and, and mm-hmm. what a great artist.
1: Yeah, and I try and I think this is another important thing, to, to pay t- pay attention to the sentiment of the song. Mm. And, and yes, again, the lyrics will give you that if you're singing them as they are, but a lot of people in uh, so many ways of making music, producing music, singing music, forget to stick to what the sentiment of the song is and, you know, mm. that is the, it, it, if you do that, you're going to play the right thing and you're going to sing the right thing.
0: Mm. Yeah, I think that's, that's yeah, really, you know, interesting to share that perspective, you know. I think that's really great and I think, I don't, I, you're making me recall a story um, with this wonderful woman, um, Mildred Jones, who I met when I went to Singapore for the very first time. And my then partner he put me forward to go and sing with this woman at the Hilton he, I think we'd only been there for five minutes and it's, he'd met another musician, and he put me forward anyway i stood I got up, she introduced me at her gig and said "Oh we have got, got a young singer here from Australia." You know, but when she'd started she she started singing, and she goes, "I've got a big black Cadillac out my pocket in your garage." <laughs> and it was so cool, and I thought, oh wow, she's so cool. And I got up and 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 I sang with her, and uh, I think I sang mellow tone. And she turned around to me and she said, "Honey, child, you got a beautiful voice, but you got to lower your keys." <laughs> and I, I said, "Oh, okay." And, and she said, "What do you want to sing next?" And I sang, "You don't know what love is," and. She lowered it a fourth from the key that I gave her. okay. And she really helped me discover that lower register. And I listened to her a lot. I went to her shows for maybe six weeks while I was in Singapore and she was such a huge influence on me. And it's only, you know, in later years you you really realise the significance of those moments that you have with another musician and she was a mentor to me. She helped me discover that and so there are, I think that's, uh, it's you know, I know for for myself I really appreciate hearing other people's ideas and and their takes on it because who knows what it might lead to. Yeah, it's interesting.
1: I remember a story from the, was it the Byron Bay Hotel Mm. um, when I was probably about, I don't know, 18 or 19 playing with Papa Lips my brother and mm. we we were doing regular tours up the east coast there, mm. but a woman came up to me, a complete stranger in the audience, and, and I remember this moment. Mm. Funny enough, and she came up to me and said, "I love the the register you're singing in or whatever right now. You don't you don't need to do anything else. Just be you. Don't you don't need to sing super high. You don't need to sing super low. Just what are you doing? It's great." I was like,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was interesting, but it, it was a moment where she's,
0: she was just saying, "Just be you. It's good." Mm. It's good. Yeah, I think that's uh, you know it's it's a precious thing to remember the and pay homage to the people that influence you, even if it's the slightest little thing, mm-hmm. or the biggest little thing. It doesn't really matter, but it's really um, they're precious moments. And I look, we were talking um, in the car earlier today about listening and sharing a few stories, personal stories about our lives and. You yeah,
1: I, and I, I was saying, what do you think of it? What is it that makes certain people a little bit more sensitive to mm. search? For, even not in the, the music realm, but what makes people a little more sensitive to others around them and what is that? And I think you said
0: still it's the listening. Li- listening. But, mm-hmm. And I think it's listening in a, in a a with more than just your ears, like trust, trusting your body wisdom
2: mm-hmm. and
0: really feeling into the sensitivity of what's going on. And uh, I think we were having the conversation pertaining around a comment that was you know made in a moment that was very sensitive to you and people it, really listening. Yeah, and they just actually they weren't intent, intentionally not listening, right, but people talking out of habit as opposed to talking out of really a, the deeper space of listening, of tuning into what is actually going on for somebody. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. So yeah, and I think you know that deeper listening is actually a very close friend of compassion. Incredibly beneficial
2: <laughs> in yeah. many
0: ways for life in general. I think so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think so. And you know, I I think that listening is a superpower. Well, it, it also it really shows that you care
1: about the other person that you're talking to. Mm. It shows it's a it's a big sign of respect, mm. and it's, if you. It's almost either I prefer if somebody, you know, doesn't feel like having a conversation right now, they just tell me, <laughs> walk away, you know what I mean? Because I'd rather that honest experience or whatever mm. and uh, I'm fine with that too, you know. If, if people have got other things to do, other places to be, I get it. But, yeah, listening, deeper listening and, and with your full body and presence, as you say, mm. is um, I've found I've become better at that, I think in the last couple of years and i can see the results and i can see i'm having better relationships with people because of it.
0: Mm. And do you feel that that's you know music potentially provides a pathway to a deeper well, experience? That's
1: an interesting point because definitely as a guitar player i would say to anybody that if you ask me one of my three things and it's the same for a singer too but i definitely for a guitar player i think number 1 is to listen. To the, other, I mean, you know, you find the appropriate space when you're listening to everyone else in yeah. the band, and uh, yeah, so I guess we've we've trained our ears for many many years to listen intently to the other musicians and things around us and harmony
0: and oh exactly I I think it's um one of the greatest pleasures uh, is to have a conversation that invites that deeper space of listening and it's not just with your ears, it's with your whole senses, you know, kind of yeah. alert.
1: Yeah, you have deeper, better experiences with people,
0: definitely. Mm. Mm. Well, I think um it might be time to just play a little tune, Cara. <laughs> Why not? Right. I think that would be lovely. Uh
2: looks like cookie Well, I fell in love Too fast Troubled soul With a heart of gold Yeah, young girl Never really stood a chance Well, then I found some answer to my heartbreak prayer he took me to his home in Tennessee and I took him for granted and finally slipped away just like smoke a faded memory and I've been I left out in a pouring rain And I'm still out here Trying to hold on this hurricane They say you never really learn Till you feel the pain But my heart I wanted him to be. Turns out, not who he really was. I believed in time, I could make him change, but believing just wasn't enough. I've been leading up, push around left out in a pouring rain, I'm still out of trying to hold on and ride this hurricane. They say you never really love her until you feel the pain, but my heart
0: just want love yeah don't we all don't we all (laughs) yeah absolutely that was really wonderful is that one of yours something to hope for something to do someone to love Mm. (laughs) i think that's another song too (laughs) there's another title right there is is that your song
1: It is, uh, it's my song that I wrote with my next door neighbor in Nashville. Oh, fantastic. uh, Mr. Craig Lackey. Oh. Uh, Yeah, literally, after about two weeks of moving into Nashville, I was Mm. introduced to the neighbor. He's also a songwriter. We started talking over the fence and, hey, come over tomorrow. Let's write a song. Yeah, let's do it. And uh, we've written a couple together. And there's another 10 musicians on the street. I have to, I probably should do. fantastic. Yeah, I should probably do a song with each of them and then do an album.
0: (laughs) <laughs> and what's the oh, name of your street? Lakehurst Street. There you go. Perfect, <laughs> Lakehurst Street. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's uh, you know it's great to be in a neighbourhood of, of of artists, and we're so lucky here on the South Coast because I think about seventy percent of the population are. Uh, arting in some way, yeah. You know, they're either music musicians or visual artists or dancers or whatever, writers, uh, filmmakers. You know, it's um, fairly diverse. It's really interesting that this part of the world draws so many creative people. But Nashville is one of those towns that it's it's such weavers a, of emotion, weavers of emotion. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Gee, I'd like to see that on a, on a sign, you know, Nashville population 50, you know, 550,000 weavers of emotion. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like something you'd see in the esoteric
0: bookstore that you were. Uh, yeah, perhaps. Yep, you worked in. <laughs> <laughs> so, Cara, can you share with me what was a great concert that you saw? Something that just inspired you? I've seen several. As a There's okay. been several.
1: I've got to say, I was not disappointed when I saw Aretha Franklin perform. Oh. Yeah, so I saw her at the Gibson Theatre in Los Angeles. Wonderful. About, I'm going to say, 10 years ago. It's roughly around that time. And, you know, she was uh, probably getting on a little bit in age or whatever, but she sounded the best I've ever heard her in my life. Mm. I mean, far better than the records, just... What a incredibly passionate singer! Mm. Like there was there was so much warmth
2: mm. in what
1: she was giving out, mm. um, and everybody knows her as this incredible, um, you know, diva of a singer that can sing anything. Mm. You know what I mean? But in
0: person, as well as a singer, she was just incredibly warm and soulful. I just it yeah, I think those those moments are really magical because you're in vibration with the artist. For, I mean, one of the people that did that for me um, was Linda Ronstadt. Mm. And I saw her at a concert in l a. Um, and you know, it was just this, I was given the ticket. And I went and they, would make, uh, they were doing a uh, tribute to Nicolette Larson who had passed away, right. who's a beautiful singer and mm-hmm. used to sing with Neil Young and wonderful singer. And it was really special because obviously everyone on the stage energetically had a connection to her. So there were lots of really great musicians. But then Linda Ronstadt came out and I remember it so clearly. She started singing Blue Bayou and I had tears just, burst off my face
1: I was a huge Linda Ronstadt fan as
0: a kid oh really oh yeah Mm, I think she's an incredible singer and that voice man has she got some pipes she really she really it was like she was throwing her heart yeah right all that's what I
1: that's what I felt with Aretha Mm. exactly that Mm. yeah just when I say warmth it was just
0: it was heart heart and soul was it was just it was beautiful Really beautiful and I I have to say I was very privileged in that um, one of the wonderful musicians I've had the pleasure of working with, well, a few of them actually, but John Gillerton sent a copy of uh, uh, one of my recordings that we did together um, for We've Only Just Begun to Linda and she wrote a beautiful note and it was really uh, very moving for me to receive such beautiful praise from Linda because wow. she's one of my all-time favorite singers. Mm-hmm. So it was it was a really magical moment, and I think you know those concert moments as a as a performing artist where you go and actually you know I've been so fortunate to go to so many concerts because I'm you know friends with a couple of wonderful promoters and they've always given me tickets, so I've seen lots of really great concerts. But another concert for me like that was Prince. Yeah.
1: I, don't, I didn't I never saw Prince' life. I would have loved to.
0: Mm, well, I would have loved to have seen Aretha.
1: <laughs> so many. Uh, Peter Frampton was incredible. Mm. Uh, Al Green at his church. It was, wasn't a very big church, kind of a relatively small church, and that was not a concert, but it mm. was still a great performance.
0: Um, Heart. Heart, I would love to see Heart. Oh, amazing, incredible. Incredible. I haven't seen them yet, but I, I think Ray Charles was a pretty much a, up, way up there for me. Mm-hmm. I remember a woman in front of me turning around and saying, I came here to see Ray. I said, I'm so sorry. I'm singing every word. I apologise. <laughs> oh, wow. You're that girl. <laughs> I was that one. <laughs> I was so excited. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh Well, look, it's... Um, it's really great to um, catch up, Cara, and uh, I know there's a, an exciting album on the way and I can't wait for people to have it. Thanks, Corinne. Mm. Uh, yeah, so much
1: fun. Great talking to you. And uh, till next time. Till next time.
0: I believe that the world is a magic place and I declare good hearts linger everywhere
2: This time we've found a deeper connection There's a greater intention, I
0: believe I hope you enjoyed this episode of 10 Reasons Why Singing is Freedom. If you'd like to learn more about Cara Granger, you can go to her website, caragranger.com. Stay tuned for our next podcast which will be launched at the end of June featuring my co-workers Chelsea Atkins and Ricky Bloomfield and together we are one generation. 10 Reasons Why Singing is Freedom was produced by Neil Sutherland hosted by myself, Corinne Gibbons.